I'm grateful. I want to continue the series uh, which started last week, which is where your treasure is. Um, and we're going to get into the word. All right. Amen. So the first text we're going to be reading is my main teaching text for today, but I want to read it first because it's the longest one so that you'll have it kind of hovering in your brain before we, um, you know, while we're while we're going through it. And it's the book of Colossians, um, the, the a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church, the house church at Colossae. Um, the book of Colossians, chapter three, it's a short book, but uh, it's like four chapters. And so third chapter of the letter, um, we're going to read verses one through 17 from the New International Version. And then we're going to get to our anchor text for this series. And so here we go. Colossians chapter three, verses one through 17, Paul addressing the church. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's the first text. That's the main teaching text for this message. I want to get to the anchor text for this series, which is in Matthew chapter six, uh, the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter six. I'm reading three verses today. Matthew chapter six, verses 19 through 21. Here we go. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy where and where thieves break in and steal. 
but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. It's the series, it's the theme, it's the thought. Today's message um, is entitled, <laughs> Where My Treasure Reside. Where My Treasure Reside. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, I want to thank you. I want to praise you for this opportunity to come together celebrating, commemorating six years of public ministry as Higher Definition Church, six years of reaching, six years of raising up, six years of discipling, six years of serving behind the scenes, six years of doing things that people can see, six years of doing work that nobody sees, six years of prayer, six years of power, six years of the word. Lord, six years, Lord, of us striving to be who you've called us to be. And so on this day, as we come together, it's my prayer that we would receive your word with open arms, open heart and open mind, that we would be open to being reevaluated, open to being taught, open to being trained, open to being challenged to receive everything that you have for us, whether that be the celebration and affirmation or whether that be the discipline and the teaching, Lord, I pray we are open to receive it all. And I pray that you mold us and shape us and that this word and this worship and this experience as a whole is another step of change in our walk of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Where my treasure reside, like where the money reside, where the money reside, um, and so where the treasure reside, where does your treasure reside? Where are our hearts? We'll get right into it um, because it's a lot of text to, to deal with. Um, where are our hearts? Where are our minds? Um, you know, the word the word teaches clearly in Matthew 6, 21. It says where your treasure is, your heart is also. Jesus is encouraging us to store treasure up in heaven, not store treasure up on the earth where it decays and can be corrupted and taken, um, but where it's going to build an eternal deposit. Um, and so this is what the Lord is saying. This is what Jesus is saying. And it should be an exciting thing for those of us that listen to the Holy Spirit. It should be exciting for us to hear um, this kind of promise that if we store our treasure up, if we lay up treasure for ourselves in heaven, if we take our our thought process of what is treasure and how we treat treasure and, and we take our hearts and turn them all, turn and focus everything toward the kingdom, that there is a blessing there that the world can't give and the world can't take away. And so if we're going to secure these blessings, if we're going to walk by faith and not by sight, if you're going to do and you're going to have and you're going to live your life to the fullest, then you got to be able to answer the question, well, where is your heart? Where's your mind? You know, is it really, is our, our thought process is really just about where the money resides? <laughs> where, you know, how we can get to the next level? Is it really, is it really all about is it just about doing what it takes to get more, doing what it takes to get to the next? Like, is that our primary concern? Stacking chips is the old phrase of um, just, you know, just 
making money moves. Like, is, is that the main concern? Is it one of our main concerns? I understand paying bills. I understand we have stress and difficulties. I understand we have challenges. I understand we have goals and desires. But is the main thing when we think about um, how we're going to utilize our treasure, when we think about where our heart is directed, does a lot of our heart energy, does a lot of our, our thought process, does it get turned toward money? Does it get toward, turned toward the things that can be bought or secured through money, financial peace? as its own good, apart from spiritual peace, uh, financial well-being and financial wealth, apart from spiritual well-being and spiritual wealth. Is that the whole deal for us? As some of the wealthiest regular believers that have ever lived on the planet Earth, is it just about where the money resides? Is it just about having a faith that gets you that you can tack on like a backpack while you get more money? and do what you want to do? Or is it a faith that you can just hold in reserve for when you have something to shout about, but when you don't have something to shout about, you put it away and then you succumb to a habit of fear and tuck your money away um, and bury your money and you, you bury your head so you're no longer thinking about walking in your purpose and your destiny. You're, you're, you're fearfully like the woman at Zarephath looking at the prophecy of God and the prophet of God who's saying, just do this for me. And you're saying, look, I was in a position where I, all I got is this. And so I'm going to just take this cook a little bit last and die. Are you just preparing for the worst? Are you just trying to make the most? Where do we fall when we start asking this question from a spiritual perspective? Because the truth is we each have access to our own treasure. Everybody has their own Everybody has not only treasure as in financial assets and monet, you know, monetary blessing because you have a job or you have a check that comes in, um, you have stuff, you have your home where you live, your car, your clothes, video game systems. You've got your stuff and you've got your actual money in the bank or in stocks or whatever, um, but that's not the only treasure. I mean, a lot of how we think, like thought time, time, energy, um, our just resources of our talents and skills, a lot of those things are what it takes for us to even to even get to the point where we have more or we're using more. So when we think treasure and scarcity and limited resources and limited time and limited attention span, limited skill, limited capacity, that means you only got a little bit. And so it's so valuable. Um, it's so valuable when we make the choice of how we're going to use it. It's all our treasure. We all have access to our treasures. The question is, how do we handle our treasure? Ernest, how do you handle your treasure? How do you handle your money? How do you handle your assets? How do you handle the stuff that you have purchased? How do you handle the things that you want to do that money can pay for? The experiences you want to have, the, the investments you want to make. How do you handle your treasure? What are we storing up? What are we storing up? Is our focus more on earthly treasure or on heavenly treasure? How many of us are really thinking about what we do on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of how that impacts eternity? 
These are some challenging questions, but I, I, I need to tell you, like you're watching a small church plant that was created because of a faith walk where we heard from the Lord and left everyone we care for behind to come to a city where we knew no one so that we could store up heavenly treasure doing God's work. Not that we couldn't do God's work in Durham, North Carolina. We were doing God's work in Durham, North Carolina, but we heard from the Lord, fasted, prayed, heard from the Lord, and then we moved here based on hearing from the Lord. We changed our plans. Our plans got changed. The way we were using our resources and thinking out our future and everything, it changed. Well, why did it change? It changed because you can get money kind of anywhere and you can lose it, you can gain it, but the opportunity to obey the Lord in a life-changing moment is not something that happens every day. And so when, when we think about that, that definitely was not an earthly decision for us. I'm just testifying my life. It was absolutely focused on heaven's mindset or heaven's mentality. You ever made a choice that other people would look at and be like, I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> I believe in God, but I wouldn't do that. Anybody, anybody taking a real step of faith that made other people question not only your belief, but their disbelief. Anybody? Um, we should be seeking to be aligned in our hearts, our minds and our treasure. Aligned how? Aligned with the Lord. And so the question is, are our minds lined up? Are we just focused on? Money, where our money reside. I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. And so are we lined up with the world or are we lined up with the Lord? That's kind of where we are. That's kind of the deal. It's kind of the challenge that we face. Um, what, how do we, you know, this is a challenge we face as pastors, as spiritual leaders, um, as people that want to influence uh, others to have a grounded faith. A balanced faith, not one that is just about affirming what we want, but actually connecting us to the clearly explained desires of the Lord. Um, it's teaching Christians. Like we got to teach Christians. We got to teach each other. You're a Christian. You got to teach them. We got to teach each other about heaven's mentality. We got to teach each other about heaven's mindset. In this text, in, in Matthew chapter six, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is addressing this, this, uh, this idea of finance and giving and treasure and perspective uh, because our motives, people's motives were an issue then. The Apostle Paul addressed the issue of people's minds in the letter uh, of Colossians because that kind of confusion and, and doubt about how to focus your mind and your heart and thus your treasure that was the issue for them as well. And today we teach on it. Today I'm dealing with it. This year I'm dealing with it because we have 
a, a warped perspective of love. And we believe that love in a lot of ways is all about affirmation and not about instruction, that it's all about validation and not about discipline. And so, so many of us had a warped flawed, incomplete understanding of the true blessing, safety, and protection of a relationship with God because we don't know the word. And so as a leader, as a pastor, teacher, um, it's my responsibility to make sure that we are intentionally learning more about heaven's mentality. And so Jesus talked about it. Paul talked about it. And here's the truth of the matter. You can know God and still fall victim to the lies of this world. You know how I know? Because we sin. We sin. We make mistakes. Anybody else make mistakes? Anybody else make poor choices? Can I get somebody else besides me to admit that you sometimes make the choice that God hates? Amen. When it comes to our finances, when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to how we deal with other people, we're less than loving and less than loving. God hates that. When it comes to our finances, sometimes we're greedy and, and greed. God hates that. You know, when it comes to our food, you know, sometimes we're gluttonous and gluttony. God hates that. Can anybody say amen? Like they say in the old school, if you can't say amen, can you say ouch? Because the truth is, we as humans are trapped in a cycle of trying to redefine what is good and what is evil in the face of seeing God's clear instruction. And so even if I tell you, even if I teach you, even if it's broken down, even if I could show you 17 texts that teach the same thing, our automatic desire is to almost like the snake, the serpent in Genesis. Like, is that what it really means? Well, why? Not because we're out to get somebody, but because our nature is trying to keep us from submitting itself to God. Um, our flesh is trying to get us to rebel against the spirit. And so I just need us all to admit, everybody understand, in these real life, real relationships that we can know God still fall victim to the lies of the world and that the church then needed clarity and they had Jesus and they had people that knew Jesus and followed Jesus in the flesh. And, and all these letters had to be written and all this instruction and clarity had to be given. If the church then needed some clarity, then it's completely fine for us to recognize that the church now needs clarity for our hearts and our minds, because where our treasure is, that's where our hearts are also. And so when I think about that treasure and where our treasure resides, um, I want my treasure to be in a place, in a position where if you examine my treasure, how I have utilized my treasure, you can see that my heart is in line, my mind is in line with the mind and the will of God. And so the question is, well, how do we show that um, our hearts and minds are in line with the will of God, in line with the mind of God? Okay. I think every single one of us needs to be asking ourselves this question. I know it can be uncomfortable. And I know for some of us, we're like, ah, 
Can't you just give me some more fluff, make me feel better? Well, I mean, God loves you. You need to reject the lies about you and yourself that are leading you to have poor self-esteem, that are leading you to feel like discipline is an attack against you, that are leading you to think that the way you do things um, should not be questioned or sh that you are above reproach. You got to get free. We got to get free. Like there are lies that have been taught to us in the culture. There are lies that have been taught to us in the church. And there are lies that we make up in our own heads to prevent us from receiving the truth and the blessing and the freedom and liberty of God's glory and relationship. And what we have to do is we've got to get free. The word teaches, Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart is also. And so I need to make sure you are clear. I need to make sure I am clear that when I look at where my treasure is, because my heart is there, that where my treasure is and my heart is and my mind is, is as a place that pleases God. A place that is in line with what he's thinking. And so... How do I know? How can I know? Glad you asked. There's this amazing text. It's called the Holy Bible, the book and the unique book, uh, the Holy Bible. The I'm going to actually go through that teaching text, Colossians chapter three, verses one through 17. And I'm going to pull out seven points, seven points to answer the question how do we show? Like, how can we show? How can we demonstrate? How can we make it exist in the real world? Not just as a theory in our heads. Um, how can we show that our hearts and our treasure are directed in a way that matches what God wills? Number one. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So the first thing we can do to show that our hearts and are in line with the mind of God, our, our minds are in line with the mind of God, is that we need to set our hearts and our minds above. Set our hearts and our minds above. We can't be enraptured by, our, by thoughts of what we do here. Um, or, or what we can accumulate here, or how we can use our treasure here to get more treasure. Am I saying you can't think about that? No. But like I said last week, it's all about the motive. It's all about the root of your thought process. The root of my thought process, if I'm going to, if my mind is going to be lined up with the mind of God and, uh, and, the, and his blessing is going to be on my path, then my motive, why I think about that, why I made that plan, why I want things to go this way, it's got to be rooted in things above. It's got to be rooted in things above. It says, I've been raised with Christ. And so if you've been baptized, you've, I mean, if you're a believer, one, and you've been baptized, you've, you've shown the physical visual symbol of this being 
buried in the water to, to symbolize your unity with Christ and death and then being raised up out of the water, raised in life with Christ to show your unity with his physical resurrection. If that's you, then it's saying you've been raised with Christ. So set your heart on things above where he is. Set your heart on things in heaven. Set your heart on things in heaven. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things. So don't be concerned. Like, don't set your heart on the stock market. Don't set your heart on making a million dollars. Don't set your heart on, like, your heart shouldn't be centered on these earthly goals. That's not where your heart should be centered. The center, the, the, the main thrust of your drive and your ambition and your motivation should be above. It should be the Lord. And I and I have this discussion and people and people wrestle with me when I try to talk to them about this. I've had several conversations with people wrestling with trying with wrestling with this. Like they, they they're doing the right thing or they're doing right things. They're doing wise practices. But I'm like, well, why are you doing it? OK, well, why? Do, why is that? Why is that? Because if you can't connect it to your faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ, if you if you if you can talk about your investment strategy all up and down or your business or your how your relationships and you can talk me all about why, why you do what you do. And if I question and question and question and question and you never get to the Lord is the root, then that means the Lord is not the root. If the Lord is not the root, then the whole plant, the whole house isn't his. He don't play second fiddle. God is only interested in being the foundation. He's not interested in there being other foundations besides him. And so if you're going to start right, you got to start by setting your mind and heart on things above. Can we say amen? Or can we say ouch? Type it in the comments, whichever one applies. Um, that's number one. Let me pick it up. Number two, verses five through eight. Number two, put to death, therefore, Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So let me just par not paraphrase, but um, the point is kill yourself. Self in quotation marks. Kill yourself. It says put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And he's saying put these things to death. Kill these things in yourself, in your human nature, in your name. Because you with Jesus. You got Jesus. Put these things that are not Jesus to death. And so where you would put your treasure, your time, where you would put your treasure, your money, where you would put your treasure, your resources, your energy toward any of these things. He's saying put that to death, um, put uh, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, the strong desires for things that are not do you um, evil desires and, and greed it says greed is idolatry. Greed, which is idolatry um, because of these because of these. The wrath of God is coming. That's warning. You used to walk in these ways. He's talking to Christians. He's saying that used to be you in the life you once lived. He's giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like you a Christian now. So in verse eight says, but now you must also rid. So he's assuming you've already got rid of those things. But now you must also rid yourselves because of what I'm hearing. I need to make sure you notice. Um, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage. Malice, that's ill intent towards somebody else. Slander and filthy language from your lips. What's filthy language? It could be um, it could be things judged as profane. 
filthy language could be coarse joking, ex you know, sarcasm that is biting and, 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 and not edifying. No, I, I like to say it's only a funny joke if if the person being joked on is in on the joke. They're not in on the joke, then it's not it's not cool. It's just not it's not edifying. That's that's trash. You're tearing somebody down. Uh, and so number two is kill yourself. You gotta kill. We have to put to death worldly desires that would corrupt our motives. And so if we've got these things on our minds, you know, sex outside of marriage, um, you know, uh, greed, like making money and at the expense of morality and, eth you know, being ethical, um, do whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, you're saying kill those things um, in yourself, worldly desires that corrupt work that lead to corrupt motives. No, sir. No, ma'am. Next up, number three, you got a verse nine through eleven. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. He's again, he's affirming you are a Christian. You are new. You put on your new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in in the image of its creator. So here there is no Gentile, a Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. And so stop. Falling for the okie doke of classifying yourself as a lower level Christian, uh, you know, and stop stop feeling bad about yourself because you don't meet up to what standards you see somebody else's public witness. You don't know what's going on with them. You don't know what they're struggling with. We're all struggling with something, but we're all redeemed. We're all believers are believers. We are Christians. We are Christ-like. We have been made brand new. We have new vessels. We're, we have new spiritual vessels. We have Holy Spirit living inside us. And so what you got to do, number three, is accept your new identity. Accept your new mind. Accept your new motives. It's a new you. It's witness protection. Protects your witness. Anyway, um, witness protection. Accept your new identity. Um, number four. I'm going to pick up my pace just a little bit. Um, number four. Um, verse 12 through 14. Therefore, it's God's chosen people. That's us. God's chosen people. Hallelujah. Um, holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so what he's saying here, and this is new slang term. I know I'm old. I'm about to mix some slang terms up. Uh, for number four, you need to drip true religion. Drip true religion, true religion. It is a makeover for your mind, a makeover for your mind. And so whereas you used to wear anger and rage, you used to wear jealousy and you used to wear poor self-esteem and, and inferiority complexes and imposter syndrome. He's saying, wear, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, not bash yourself, but humility, gentleness, and patience. Then he says again, to emphasize in verse 14, over all these virtues, put on love. It binds them together in perfect unity. Perfect unity. All right, that's four. Drip true religion. Number five, verse 15. Verse 15 says, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Verse five, move in peace. Move in peace. 
you have to say goodbye to deficit decision making. What is deficit decision making? We don't make our money decisions based on our fears. We don't make our money decisions based on distrust. We don't make our treasure decisions, our time decisions, our sacrificial decisions based on the idea of lack or fear because we have a, we serve a God who's got the cattle on a thousand hills. We serve a God that owns all the resources. We serve a God that will provide for whatever falls within his vision for your life. And so we can't make decisions based on fear. We can't make decisions based on a projected lack or scarcity. We must make them based on the peace of Christ and with the spirit of gratitude to God. Point six, uh, verse 16, it says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. What's that sound like, y'all? That sound like church. And so what he's saying, invest in gospel community for God's sake. This is literally what it's saying, for God's sake. Um, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, coming together, admonishing each other, know enough about the word and be humble enough to exchange teaching based on the word and Holy Spirit. Let's teach each other. Let's encourage each other. Let's correct each other. Let's sing together. Let's worship the Lord because he's worthy. He's worthy. Invest in gospel community. Be committed to the church. It's the bride of Christ. Ain't nothing better. There is as many issues as the church has. The Lord God, our Christ, our Savior has no issues. There is no imperfect Christ. He is perfected and he's who we come together for. Don't come for me because I'm imperfect. I'll disappoint you. We're here for the Lord. Invest in gospel community for God's sake. Last one, verse 17, and this really hits home how we can uh, take this where your treasure is, your heart will be also and think it out like, okay, my heart, my treasure, my heart, my mind, my spirit, my it's all my wherever my treasure is, my heart, my mind, my spirit will be also. So I should approach everything from this mentality. Verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Number seven, you want to show God, you want to show the world that your heart and mind are in line with the will of God, in, will with the, in line with the mind of God, be a living billboard. Whatever you do, word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. I don't mean you speak Jesus, 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 Jesus. But when you're asked about why you did it that way, when you're asked about what you plan to do, make sure that you do not leave Jesus out of the story. And if you can't honor Jesus with the plan, then scrap the plan, brother. Scrap the plan, sister. It's not worth it to make a plan, then try to get God to jump on it. No, be a living billboard so that all you do will glorify Christ. Word or deed, when people look at you and think about you, they will think 
Jesus. They will think that person knows Jesus. That person loves Jesus. Lots of people talk about what they want to be known for, want to be known as a good person or somebody that did this and did that for the community. Can I tell you something, my brother and sister, you can't have a goal higher than that people would know that you know and love Jesus the Christ. And if you got anything, if you are promoting anything higher than that, then what they're saying is there's no way you can be in the will of God. There's no way your treasure can be with the Lord. There's no way your heart can be with the Lord if your reason for what you say and do is not the Lord. Marriage is the same way, y'all. I can't do something for my daughter and then say I did it for my wife. I can't buy my son a gift and say that it's to bless my marriage unless it's a gift that me and my wife collaborated on to do. If I went out and did it on my own and then said, this is for our marriage, it doesn't make any sense because I did it. I got the gift for my son. We have been so conditioned by the world to strip Jesus out of as as an essential element, the root of our testimony. And what the word is teaching is when Jesus says, where your heart is, your treasure will be also in a store of treasure in heaven, that your, if your treasure is there, your heart is there, your heart should be with the Lord. And so your resources should be guided by your desire to be closer to the Lord. The way you spend your money, the way you give, the way you love, the way you interact in relationships, the way you work and who you work for, it should all be guided. We should all be guided in that by our love, our heart, the way we treasure the Lord. In closing, it's a heaven mentality. It impacts your earthly activity. So instead of moving with ungodly motives, you know, your, your mind will be aligned with God. Your heart will be aligned with God. So we'll use your treasure to build the kingdom of God. Whatever you're talking about, your money. Yeah, absolutely. You, if your heart's with the Lord, then you'll use your money to build the kingdom of God and trust God to give you the wisdom and reciprocity to build your kingdom. He'll do that work. Amen. If. I am talking about not just money, but I'm talking about my energy. Then if I'm dedicating my energy to the Lord, Lord, be glorified by everything I do. And if it's not, correct me. And then he'll give me the energy and he'll give me the resources to do whatever else needs to be done. It's a trust God lifestyle. If I can't trust God with what I think is valuable, then what kind of God is he? I, if, if I give you a tenth of my of my finances and I don't believe you can still cover me and give me increase and, and lead me in the path of wisdom and rights to improve my overall financial situation, like what kind of God is that? If I have to go after women in a way that reflects the world. What am I saying about God's ability to provide me a spouse if I'm a believer? I'm, what kind of, you, you could create the universe, but you can't find me a woman? Like, we got to evaluate. We got to examine. Is he really God? 
or we submit it to our fears. We want to use our treasure, our word, our deed, our resources to build up the kingdom of God because he'll build us up within his kingdom. We're secure in our eternity and we'll walk in blessed in our now. That's what we're doing here at High Definition Church. You know, we have sacrificed worldly treasure to pursue heavens, to pursue heavenly treasure. That's what we do. That's what I model. Now I'll talk about what I do, but I, I've heard it say, you know, practice what you preach, but also preach what you practice. And so I am a tither to Higher Definition Church. My household tithes. My household gives more than a tithe. We tithe and we offer. Why? Because we believe that what we are believing for is way more valuable than the 10th or the 20% that we give into this church. What we're believing to see God do is way more valuable than any amount of money that we give into the church. We cannot beat God given. I've tried it and he has shown me up. Tried it. So we sacrifice worldly treasure. I will. I have. I'll do it again. I challenge you to do it. You a believer? You believe God? You believe Christ? You believe that he rose from the dead, but he can't get you a better job. You believe Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, but you're not worthy to lead? We got some incompatible beliefs. We have been conditioned by the world and not as much by the Lord. It's God that brings us the increase. And so when God brings us increase, we reinvest it in kingdom pursuit. I got a promotion last year. I got a substantial raise. Guess what? Our giving to the church increased substantially. And we are probably in, my wife would have to tell you exactly, but I believe we're in the best financial shape we've ever been. Glory to God. Because we invest in his program. Like, I'm not saying we super rich. We not mega rich. We done seen some super nice. Jacksonville got some really nice expensive houses. We ain't in that price range. But what I'm saying is <laughs> that God has blessed us. God is good. Six years in, he's been faithful. Six years in, it hasn't looked like anybody else's journey. It won't look like anybody else's journey. But you're here with us for a reason. You're hearing this for a reason. And he's still calling us. God is still calling us to live life in his higher definition. And he's calling us out because he's evaluating and he sees what he could do with your treasure. If you would simply put it in the hands of heaven, if you would lay up your treasure in heaven. And he sees how much you're tying his hands by entrusting your destiny to treasure stored up in earth. I'm not saying give it all away. I'm not making any kinds of commands like that. I am study saying know God and trust him enough so that you can really see him move in every area of your life. He can't move where we won't let him. We will have our earthly treasure in areas where we only sow into the earthly king, earthly realm, and that will be its own reward. And there will be no reward for that in the next life. 
There will be no recognition for that. There won't be no celebration for that in the next life. But if we settle on our time, our talent, our treasure, our tithe, our whatever, our resources, our connections, our emotions, our energy, if we settle on things that we treasure, people that we treasure, and we dedicate them to God and put them in his hands, where our treasure reside, in God's hands, then I, don't you want to know what that would look like to see your finances truly blessed by God, like truly in God's hands? Wouldn't it be amazing to see what would happen if you put your relationships in God's hands? Like if you really came from heaven's viewpoint, God's viewpoint, heaven's mentality, I've seen a glimpse. I, I, I challenge me so I can go to the next level of my own. I'm going to pray us out. I'm going to ask that we commit ourselves. Like I said, um, I'll bring this up briefly. Like, like I said, like we are going to be asking for our people, our church family to come together from us and from those we know to try to collect additional funds to um, complete the renovation on the space that we're going to be moving into this year so that we can get in there sooner than later. But in addition to that, so we can get to work like this is kingdom work like that location has a purpose assigned to it and it's not just our sunday service it's an impact in the community it's a it's a flashpoint it's a base of operations for the kingdom of god it's like a what do you call those places where the ambassadors go <laughs> i can't even remember uh i can't remember but if i can remember somebody type it in the comments if you know what i'm talking about it's like, where the ambassadors, their whatever. Embassy. Ha! Ah, I knew if I taught long enough. That church is going to be a kingdom embassy in the Arlington, Jacksonville neighborhoods. And I can't wait to see it. What about you? Let's bow our heads. Lord God, I want to thank you and praise you for life, health, and strength. I want to thank you and praise you for six years of higher definition church. Uh, you have carried us through ups and downs. You carried us through a pandemic. You carried us through digital worship and ministry. Now, Lord, refresh our minds, renew our hearts, lead us so that we are thinking from your perspective, um, rooting our motives in your in your clarity, in your purpose, in your desires for our lives, as has been so clearly outlined in your word. There's no guesswork in our motives. It's, you know, we guess in some of these specific stuffs, technologies and investments and things of that nature. But when it comes to our motives and our why, we do what we do and say what we say. There's no question that it should all be done for your glory. Our motive, our desire should be your glory. Our treasure that we store up should be in heaven for heaven, for your sake, because we love you. And I pray that you would continue to work and mold and change, convict and encourage in our hearts so that we would be believers who, when you inspect our lives and somebody is watching us, we are billboards for you and your glory, what you can do, what you will do, what you're going to do. So others may see and others may be drawn to recognize you are Lord. Bless us this day. Bless us this week. As many of us return to work and school. In Jesus name. Amen.